Welcome to another Balance and Wellbeing podcast. Today we're talking about working parent guilt, how to stop it in its tracks. Feeling guilty, most of us will probably agree, is a useless and wasteful pastime. It doesn't achieve anything other than making you or someone else feel pretty awful about yourself. Working parents particularly experience this in the childcare years, such as dropping kids off to a childcare centre on their way to work and feeling guilty about perhaps abandoning their child. Other forms of guilt may come in the way of feeling bad when you take the time to do something loving for yourself, like have a massage after work instead of going straight to pick up your kids, for example. So whilst a lot of this stuff is sold as just part of caring, what are the real harms of guilt, both to you and others? And how can you call a ceasefire on it so it doesn't squash the joy out of being a parent? This is what we'll be talking about today. My name's Sam Eddy. I have a background in financial services, have a psychology master's and, and, and now an executive coach with Parents at Work. Katie Walls, you're joining me as my co-host again. It's good to be with you. Katie, do you mind just giving a bit of an overview of your background? Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. Um, I've got a background in human resources, working in large organisations and as a complementary medicine practitioner, uh, helping people with their well-being and healing. Thanks, Katie. Good to be with you again. Um, This is such a great topic, isn't it? We had a a bit of a chat as always before coming on online today. What are the things that come to mind for you when you you think about this topic and parental guilt? It was great when we were just having a chat um, before we started, Sam, and it's a a huge one, a huge topic. And I feel in the world now, as it is, the more and more parents, both parents having to work in some form, um, that's becoming more common. So if we look at what's normal, there really isn't a normal as such, which is a great basis to start from. But I feel the biggest trap if we're looking at parenting and how we're feeling about the time that we have with our kids is comparison. And in that, if we're looking around us and, and seeing different families and their situations and feeling, oh, you know, I, I wish I, I could offer that to my kids or so-and-so, they have more flexibility at work than what I do, or so-and-so, they've been able to go to all of the things at school during the day. I wish I could do that. And it's quite a normal thing to do as such. But if we start addressing that and appreciating what we're bringing to our unique family environment, then it gives us more time to, yeah, really enjoy what we are offering and kind of refine the other aspects as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, where do you think the, parent, the the comparison comes from? Why is it that we're constantly looking around at everyone else and 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 comparing what we're doing to them as opposed to perhaps learning that it's it's okay just to focus on ourselves? Yeah, I suppose that comes from our confidence as well, and we're not we're not really taught that <laughs> growing up. For one, is to really appreciate what what you're offering and um, feel the value in that. And I feel we're always, you know, our intention as parents is very much to do our best. Um, so sometimes we can get too critical and we're, we're looking at everything that we're not doing rather than going, you know what, we had an amazing morning mm. this morning. No one yelled yeah. at each other. And that's a great start. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> I mean, that it really is to go, wow, 
everyone got dressed, everyone got ready, and no one yelled at each other. It's like we've got the bar set really high on the expectations that we have for ourselves. And then we're not appreciating the small shifts. We've, we've got to, those, those things are amazing. Having a morning, it may not be a perfect morning, but if there's a pattern of someone losing it, yelling, having a tantrum, with, be it a parent, be it a child, and that hasn't happened for a morning, then that's a huge shift and that's a great foundation because if we're not clocking those, those aspects, how can we build on that? It just leaves too much space for the negativity and too much space for the comparison, giving ourselves a hard time, etc. So there's a huge value or it could be, wow, um, John unpacked the dishwasher this morning and he didn't have to be nagged three times, only had to ask him once. That's a huge shift if the pattern has been there to, mm, to have to continually yeah. nag. Um, I guess this, this topic really makes me think of the coaching work I do with parents at work because in the coaching model we use it's very much around helping working busy working parents particularly when kids are young just try and figure out what their current reality is from a career well-being and family perspective so are they how they keeping their career on track perhaps whilst they've got additional obligations at home they've got less time what about the family work-life balance but also about well-being and a lot of the times the feedback I get is that well-being is the first thing to drop off and that can be often driven by guilt because how can I possibly focus on myself when I've got to look after my child and then I've got to go to work as well. So that is often the thing that clients tell me that just disappears but it's a bit of a paradox because when when it goes then it impacts everything else and so if you're not looking after yourself and taking the time to go to the gym perhaps um, have some some mental space for yourself where you're not having to be on looking after the kids or being at work. Um, if you're not having that time to really look after your well-being, eat the right foods perhaps, then it has a compounding effect because it starts to impact how you're thinking, your stress levels. And of course, when we're busy and tired and stressed, we're, more, we're feeling more guilty and we're doing the comparison thing, as you say. We're kind of looking around, we're fueled by adrenaline, that the stress hormone cortisol is going to come in and, and we might be sleep deprived because we're, um, we're, we're suffering the, the effects of sleep deprivation more because we're not then counterbalancing it with things for our well-being. So that, to my mind, is, is it's, it's a lot of the feedback I get, but it's a big problem in terms of well-being going out the window when kids come along. Is that your experience, Katie? Yeah, absolutely core key elements, Sam, because it's like, well, what are you offering your kids? If your glass is empty and you're feeling exhausted or even if you're just feeling tired and, and you're not nurturing yourself, then how can we possibly nurture our kids? And what, what role model are we? Because it's all about the quality of your being. And there's so many different demands in life that, that try and take that away or drain that aspect. But if you're feeling an obligation to read your child a bedtime story, for example, and everything in your body is mm. just going, I just want to be watching TV or I just want to be having my dinner. The kids pick that up. They've got radars for it. They're really, really sensitive to just how someone is and, and feeling all of that, whereas unfortunately as we get a bit older, we start to desensitize to that, even though we had that initial sensitivity. So I feel it's much better to go, go to the gym and then if it means that you've got half an hour with the kids versus an hour with the kids, 
at least that half an hour you're going to be more accessible if you are looking after yourself. So it's not about, and I know we've talked about these in different um, podcasts, it's not about the time aspect, it's about the quality as well. Yes, time comes into it, but, but can you feel with that, at least if you're feeling more energized or if you're feeling more calm, then that's amazing to offer that to your kids. Even if it's just 15 minutes of that, they feel that and they feel that you're present and they feel that you're actually wanting to connect to them. Does that, does that resonate? Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's so good because the often the um, the excuse, at least with it, we tell ourselves in our mind, is that we don't have time. Mm. But we always have time to be present, don't we? In anything we're doing, if we can be really present in it, as you say, the kids will really resonate it. They'll pick it up that you're fully there. Yeah. Um, we're usually more transparent, so I guess we're better at communicating. We're we're clearer in what we're talking, how we're speaking to our kids, but also to our partners. Um, and that sort of seems to to work really well. So it's not yeah, it's not carving out huge chunks of times where you're going, you know, to the gym or you're doing your gym routine, then a meditation for sort of two hours. It's um, it's just about making, I guess, the commitment that you know at least on a conscious level that well-being is going to help you, and then finding ways to do it. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's no different, is it that. You know when you go to the shops and you ask someone how, how they are and, it, and you can just feel that they're just focusing on what they're doing. It's like, yeah, yeah, fine, or how are you? And then you go to answer, but the, the next question's already there. <laughs> so, and, yes. and that happens in our conversations or even at work when someone says, I am morning, how are you? And then they're already on, on to the next thing. So there really isn't that connection and it's not yes. intentional. Well, the kids can feel that. We feel that in our day-to-day and they absolutely can feel that. So how cool to even offer two minutes where you're actually present and then they couldn't go, you know what, I know mum and dad are really busy, but I felt they clocked me. I felt they connected with me. Some kids don't, they don't get that. So that's where when we go back, when we're looking at comparison with so-and-so's family might have this or they might be able to offer this or that to their kids, that's what kids are craving. They're craving mm. just to be acknowledged for who they are. Just, oh, mum and dad, they, you know, the way that she looked at me then, she really got who I was. That only yes. takes a second, one second. Yet we make it all about this quality time or, you know, time, time, time. But if, if a kid's connected to, they clock it in one second. And then we can expand on that, you know, but that's a great start because let's be honest and fair on ourselves. If we've got so many different things on our to-do list, which we do, it doesn't leave much space for allowing your body and yourself just to be in the moment when we're already thinking of the next thing. So I'd think that was amazing, Dave, if I, if I was, you know, allowing a few minutes where I'm really with my child and allowing them just to tell me about their day just so I can listen, then that's, that's huge. Yes. It's funny, it's funny you mentioned that because... Whilst I don't have kids, I have have sort of tr- transitioned what would be a nuisance time with my dog and it just re- re- reminded me of kind of being in the moment when I would get ready for work and I posted about this on LinkedIn recently, I'd get ready for work to leave the house um, and I would go into the bedroom, bring my briefcase out and then she would come, she would appear every time, um, this is my golden retriever Patty, she would appear every time 
sit there wanting to then interact. And for a while, I'll just resist it. I would see that time as nuisance time because I'm like, you know, why are you coming up to me now? Because I'm just about to leave the house. Um, and I know that happens with parents or that sort of the rush, those transition where we're trying to leave the house, go somewhere, get things done. And so I kind of was able to then transform that into a bit of a well-being anchor whereby I, I use that moment just to sit down on the bed, give her the attention she needs. And it reminded me of what you said of just giving your kids attention, you know, for those few minutes that you have. And that is really beneficial because it helps me. It sort of gets me, brings me back into the present moment. She gets a benefit from it because I'm calmer than I'm leaving the house calmer. So we both get a better start to the day. And it just made me think of that. And I wonder for any parents listening, you know, what transitions are there throughout the day where, you know, um, as Katie, you were describing that you're resisting perhaps what your kids are doing because maybe because you're feeling guilty, you're thinking, oh, I don't have enough time. So we just want to push past these moments throughout the day. But perhaps it could be some a couple of lovely minutes of really present time that is really helping kind of create that that calm state that has that has resonating effects throughout the day, if that makes sense. Oh, I so love what you're sharing. I was literally smiling the whole time, visualizing it. And one, what a super cool dog. Yes. Like, because she, she was offering you something really beautiful. And that's what our kids can offer us too. So it's a fantastic example, um, Sam, of seeing what could be there and how we so often get frustrated because it's taking our time. Again, seems to be a, a word we're using mm. a lot this morning. And we push morning. past these moments, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we miss them. I mean, that's gold. And she just kept persevering mm-hmm. with that and going, hey, you know, this is important. We've got to connect before you leave. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> and she was saying, no, Sam, this is, this is what we're going to do. And then, but how great that you were open to seeing that and going, actually, yeah, let's just see what this is about here. And then you got to feel that gold. And I love, I love what you're saying is we, we miss being playful. And we get far too serious as adults. Two hands up for me um, on yes, that side. Totally. And, the, you know, the kids have still got that playfulness. So it's going, okay, let's say there's there's a time where Jill doesn't want to get dressed each, each morning. She's a three-year-old. She's our child. And, and she's really struggling that. But what could she be picking up on the fact that we're really wanting her to do that and we're getting frustrated that she's not, et cetera. So what if we started to be a little bit more playful and see what the opportunity is offering rather than going into our patterns the whole time of quick, you've got to do this, quick, you've got to do that, then we've got to do this, then we've got to do that. And just having that pause like you did and just seeing what comes from that, seeing what can shift. I love it, yes. Because yeah, those moments can really sort of um, you know, impact the trajectory of your day, can't they? Yeah, <laughs> if they sort of... If you really resist them and then, you, you know, your child's just going, well, what, what are you doing? You know, why are you resisting me kind of? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then the energy shifts and then the stress comes in and mm. it's, um, yeah, it makes it really tough. Yeah. I'll jig things around a little bit if, if morning's a struggle to get out or if it's bedtime at night or preparing the dinner, whatever that happens to be, just to, you know, take a breath ourselves and just to go, okay, this might be what my normal is, but what what am I feeling tonight? You know, how, how do I approach that evening routine or um, whatever it happens to be just to give yourself, a, excuse me, a bit of space mm. beforehand. 
and and we're seeing what everyone's different every day, moods are different, etc. So if we're approaching things in the same way, we're missing out as well on what that moment could offer. Yeah, absolutely. And and Katie, I mean, as a parent, I'm just curious as to how, on a practical level, it sounds like you've had some great success with this. I mean, do you mind sharing what you've done to sort of, I don't know, have this presence or maintain this or, or have this presence in your life? that you're able to have this conscious awareness, I guess is what I'm trying to say, around this stuff so that you can really kind of move the guilt aside or clock it when it's happening and then, I guess, you know, focus on looking after yourself, for example. Yeah, I feel the biggest um, gift we can give ourselves, and it's one we often struggle with, is we're not here to be perfect. And perfect doesn't exist. Mm. And that as a family unit, we are unique um, so we can't compare and we've got unique factors that come into that. Some families have support um, from extended families, other families don't. So in that, how can we possibly compare one to the other? Because it is so unique and there's so many different variables that come into it. And to realise that as parents, we're, we're here just to you know teach our kids to be themselves. And with that, there's a huge learning for the kids and for the parents. We learn from them if we're open to it, to thinking, yeah, we're not here to be perfect. We're not here to have all the answers. And just because they're in a little body, they've got beautiful, unique wisdom as well. And often we can, we can not really allow that in our relationships with our kids because we feel we put this parenting hat on that it's for us to do all of that, etc. rather than it's actually learning together. So the biggest realisation I had with that one was to feel the pressure I was putting on myself as a parent and to start to drop that. But exactly as you were saying, Sam, and it so is key, is I had to start with my relationship with myself if I wanted to be more of me for the kids and allow a deeper quality in our family. So I had to start to nurture myself more, which was such a gift because in that, the kids started to look after themselves on a deeper level because they could feel the shifts that I was having. And I didn't realise that would happen. And then I realised, wow, I've been parenting the hard way. Yeah. 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 Um, Going, I'd only known a few years ago. So rather than having to nag, 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 do it yourself first, Katie. You know, walk what you're saying. And, And then the shifts just started to happen because they could feel that, yeah, I was I was more available, I suppose. And one evening I um, I'd had a big day and I had a lot to do in the evening. And I thought, you know what, I really feel like a bath. I hadn't had a bath for a while or taken the time to do that, but I did. And um, the kids came in at different times as I was preparing the bath. And it was like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you, doing? you know, we should be doing this. We should be doing that. And I said, you know what, my legs are tired. I'm going to have a bath. And I prepared it and I put a candle on and it was really lovely. And I could feel they they were drawn to that themselves yes of course and then the next night yeah the next night my son said oh mom can I have one of those baths that just felt so nice when you're getting that ready so he he prepared a bath for himself and he was so much calmer afterwards and and I just went that, that that's gold. gold so we just yeah. started playing with that mm. as a family and and it became easier and easier no perfection still very much learning with everything but I had to fill my class up so that I had more to offer. And then everything I wanted to be offering as a parent, it started to get easier. And um, we just kept building on that. Oh, I love it. 
because it it works. It absolutely works. Yeah, it looks so powerful. Um, you know, so I'm sure for those listening, you know, um, have a think about, you know, what can you do, you know, on on a self care level. You know, how are you looking after your well being? If you're not, you know, what can you do to perhaps start? Um, to have a think about that. And I often talk to my clients about it and often people get it intellectually. They get intellectually that perhaps they need to start it, start doing it. So it can maybe even just start with the conversation with your partner, for example, just to say, look, I think well-being is, needs to be a focus for us. Um, it can really help with the guilt. It can, if we're looking after ourselves, if we're focusing on quality time as opposed to carving out huge chunks of time, and then maybe, you know, even um, having that time just to think about, okay, what's on a practical level? What can I do? What What is it I can do? I often talk to clients about starting at work because often sometimes the work time, not for everyone, of course, but is a bit more controllable. So a lot of my clients aren't even taking lunch breaks. So they're trying to condense their day in so they can leave early. But um, often they're leaving early, but then they're, they're so busy and tired because they haven't had any breaks throughout the day that they get home. Yeah. And so the quality time is not there. So this guilt is kind of in the back of their mind the whole time. Must must keep, must work, must get the work done so I can get home. And then, of course, that's building stress. Whereas if you're, you know, having a good half hour for lunch at least, getting outside, breaking up your day with a morning tea, afternoon tea, it's going to really impact your energy levels. It's going to make you, you, you help reduce your stress levels. And I always often say, would you say to your young child that you can't have a lunch break? Um, you, Katie, you mentioned before about role modeling behaviors that, you know, you want to encourage in your kids. I mean, we probably wouldn't ever tell our kids not to have a lunch break. We'd probably do the opposite. So, you know, why yeah. would we talk to ourselves like that? So I think those things can be, you know, really useful if we're perhaps talking about it with our partner, um, but also using the more controlled time that we have available to try and start to implement it, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And then um, not only will you have more space for kids, but you start to be more effective at work as well. And you start to feel when actually that's complete for the day. Um, sometimes we can overdo things, overcook things a little bit if we're in a bit of overwhelm and we won't actually get that sense of actually, no, that, that's complete, um, doesn't need any more focus, etc. move on to the next thing. Um, so you, you'll start to feel in all aspects of your life that there, there becomes a bit more space yes. rather that, than that pressure cooker feeling um, that we tend to get. So powerful. Um, the other thing that I was just, you, you think you said before, about getting or having to get everything perfect the other thing one of that we talk about um in the in the parents at work coaching model um, for those listening we talk a lot about the barriers to focusing on the reality you want for your life including focusing on well-being and um alongside guilt and i guess it feeds into guilt is perfectionism trying to do it all be it all be the perfect parent be the operate at the same level you did before perhaps came kids came along at work having really high expectations around what you should be able to achieve, even in the scenario, Katie, you talked about before about getting your three-year-old daughter dressed, um, you know, to take, just to get out of the house, having really high expectations of how that scenario should go can almost set it up um, for failure because we're expecting that they'll behave in a certain way, that it's going to go smoothly and that's the definition of success. So I guess it, to my mind, it 
it just it just crystallizes the fact that guilt um, is enhanced or it's felt a lot more when expectations are so high. We're trying to be perfect in every aspect of life and then we find a huge gap and that can then cause a lot of guilt but also add to the stresses in life and it doesn't really matter where it is. It, it can be expectations that um, from a well-being perspective, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. It can be work or it can be home as well. So that, at least in my experience, factors in a lot, those expectations of perfectionism in terms of compounding the guilt that people are feeling. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is a killer. <laughs> you look at the thoughts that come in, etc. So I suppose if we place with that is um, in your family and in down with your partner and evaluating where your main stresses are and where the main tensions are in the relationships. And it might just be that something needs to be nipped in the bud a little bit. Our focus could have been elsewhere and it could be the tension that maybe is building up between siblings that hasn't been addressed. And then that's an underwriting tension that's there continuously um, because especially if, uh, if we've got a lot going on and a lot, lot to deal with, it could be something that could easily be talked about or addressed that is causing more of that underlying tension. And it could just be that we've avoided it or we haven't actually acknowledged that it's there to the level that it is. So perhaps that's a good place to start is, is um, you know, working more closely together with whoever is raising the kids and, and just seeing, just have a check-in and just seeing, you know, is there anything that we haven't addressed or is that what, what are the main things that we can feel need shifting at this stage? And that evolves and that changes and no one's the same from day to day, but it's a good place just to start and then just have that check-in. It doesn't have to be a big thing, um, but just to go, okay, what, and it, you might be surprised just from the conversation with your partner as to what your different perceptions are with what the tensions are in the, in the relationships in the family unit or what you'd like to focus on more as well or what you'd like to be doing more as a family and then just working together more closely in that way. Yes, often um, I think that's a, that's a really great idea and, and doing it together can be nice. And as you say, focusing on the tensions first because they're the things that can really be in the back of our mind and eat away. Um, so that it's important to clock those. In terms of a tool that I often use, and I actually did this with my partner the other day, the Wheel of Life tool, um, is something that can be useful because it's just a helicopter view of your life on a page. If anyone listening hasn't used it before, it's just effectively um, an eight-part pie chart. And what you do is you rate your level of satisfaction in all areas and you can choose whatever the areas of your life they are, but the common ones are often career, um, uh, relationships, um, family, friends, uh, money, fun and recreation, so your downtime, personal growth, whatever it may be, your physical health and mental health. So if you're, you know, as you say, Katie, taking that time to go through it, that can be a nice tool just to try and figure out where you're out of balance. You can you can rate each area and then you can actually then get a sense of, at a helicopter view, what bits are out of balance. So that can be a nice tool to capture that for people and it's a good talking point because you can also, as you were saying, Katie, do some of the fun stuff around, well, look, these are the, the points of stress. These are the sources of stress, tension and where guilt's coming in. 
but also this is what we want to be doing more of and we can take that time to then remind ourselves of the things we love and we want to be doing more of. So it can kind of cover off both and if we're doing it in out of any heat of the moment situations as opposed to trying to address these triggers in the heat of the moment, which is almost impossible, it can be a way to really shore up your foundation of well-being both for yourself and for your family. Yeah, that's perfect. And, and just as you were saying, looking at the things that you enjoy doing, etc., it's a great opportunity using that time and the discussion to go, you know what, I love how we offer this to the kids. Or I love how on a Sunday afternoon we'll just have an hour or so where we're on the couch just reading books or watching a show together or um, doing some cooking, whatever it happens to be, because when you start to appreciate those those moments and, and what you are offering it reduces that space for the guilt, the guilt wheel that tends to come in because you're going, no, that's special, that's beautiful, that's great how we do that. And it doesn't matter if it's not happening every week, it's happening every fortnight or once a month, whatever it is, just to go, you know, they're special times, they're beautiful times to have together. And then our relationship with the, with, um, the caregivers in our family, whether it's your partner, whoever that may be, you're going deeper as well as a unit. And the kids get the benefit of that too. The more we're communicating, the more we're working as a team and raising our kids, they love that. They love feeling that that team, um, to that togetherness, basically. It's funny, isn't it? The communication, it, it sort of always comes back into play. Yeah. Even if we're just communicating with ourselves, better our partner, our kids, whatever yeah. it may be, there's, there's probably there's no real getting around it, is there? No avoiding it. No, we're just going to go there. <laughs> Yeah. And look, you know, so hopefully for people listening, this time has been useful just to at least get perspective. I always say, I don't know if it's the same for you, Katie, but a lot of my clients, people generally know what they need to be doing. They, they can, the answers are there. They're within you. If you just have, have taken at least the time sometimes just for a mini reset, just to think about it. So you know, for, from a guilt perspective, oh, if, if, if you're just starting out with this and you're clocking it and realising guilt is in your life, in addition to all the stuff that we've already said, just start writing down what it is you're feeling guilty about. And if you've got a partner there, a trusted friend, someone, just to start, I just need, I just wanted to get this off my chest just to go over it. So you've at least got a starting point because often if we've put that, that time aside just to reset, the answers will start to come in terms of what you need to do to then try and redress it or, or um, find the space to start looking after your well-being or whatever it may be for you. Yeah, and just allowing yourself to be more honest with that as well because I've definitely found in um, counselling sessions or even just in discussions with other parents, when people open up about it, you'll realise everyone's feeling the same things. And sometimes we can think it's just us or we're not doing a good job at this or whatever it happens to be, but everyone's feeling the same pressures. And, um, you know, that, that can help too, just, just taking that pressure off yourself or having discussions, as you say, Sam, with people that um, are there and, and can be supportive, letting people in a little bit more. Just another thing that I wanted to share that really helped me um, when my son was eight and I had quite a big work schedule on at the time and he started the blue, he said to me, oh, mum, I'm glad you're not a helicopter mum. And I said, what's a helicopter mum? And he said, oh, you know, just the mums that hover around and they kind of live through their kids a bit and, you know, that just doesn't allow space for the kids. And he didn't use space at the time. I can't remember what his exact words were. But 
it was really great because then I could feel when I was going into that or where I was overcompensating. So sometimes it's great it's to look from the, kid, yeah, the, the kid's perspective and go, oh, yeah, what does that feel like? If, if someone's got so much time on and they're, they're living through the kids, that's not healthy as well. So it is good to still go, okay, but as I said, whatever our work schedule is, whatever the learning is in our family, that's a unique opportunity for all of us. Yes. And, and to grow with that. And look, that's, yeah. thanks for sharing that story because I'm sure that's reassuring to a lot of people who, yeah. you know, I'm sure they're in similar situations, but they're also, you know, we're all doing doing our best if you've said a couple of times yeah. and... But it's it's lovely when I guess your kids give you your feedback like that. That sort of reinforces. Yeah, I learned so much from it, and I thought, okay. And then I could feel when I was going into an overcompensation and doing that, I went, yeah, that's yes. not good. That's, that's not helping. <laughs> I love it. Is is there? Any, that's I mean, that's potentially a great place to finish, Katie. But anything else you wanted to share on this before we? Yeah, no. Just just perhaps in the next week, if if we start just appreciating what we are offering. And then know that it's a work in progress. And, um, yeah, just nurturing yourself. Just even if there's one thing that you add into your week that you've been wanting to do for yourself, then go for it. Awesome. That's Yeah, that's awesome. And, 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 and I liked what you said before about, you know, this is normal. We're all experiencing <laughs> this. So the more we can talk about it, address it, such as through these forums or taking the time for ourselves, then it's only going to help. So I think that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, thanks again, Katie, for another great discussion. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we look forward to you joining us again for another Balance and Wellbeing podcast. See you next time. Thank you for listening to another great podcast proudly brought to you by Parents at Work. We hope you feel inspired and you've got some fresh practical ideas to help you with your work-life balance. If you like what you've heard, please share it with others and subscribe to the Parents at Work podcast page. And remember, if you need extra support or would like to send us your feedback, please email info at parentsatwork.com.au.